Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hola, bonjour, konnichiwa, hello and welcome to this week's Man United Redcast with me, Chris Curley. While Eddie Nestor is away on his holidays, um, apparently he hasn't gone to Thailand, subject to internet rumours. Um, I'm here with Robert Meakin, who's up in Manchester, as normal. Hello, Robert. Evening. Evening. And um, here we have a newbie, Russell Balkin, television producer extraordinaire, Russell. Hello, Russell. Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you? Um, we've got, I'm all right. I'm all right. Good. Especially after Saturday's result. I, I mean, we're all feeling pretty it's good. Like, it's like good old times. Well, we'll come to that a little bit more in a, in a moment. But um, as we ask all newbies, as is part of Eddie's in, induction, um, tell us your greatest Man United... Uh, moment my great well my great i thought i'd tell you about my first my first sort of man united experience which was i had to actually had to look it up because i had a sort of weird sort of folk memory of the match and i remember and it was the it was man united arsenal april 1989 is when i went in case you can't remember the result it was one all and tony adams scored at both ends and not for the first time not for the first time <laughs> and uh, but the story, the story is I didn't I only get saw, I only got to see one goal I was a, a mere eight years old at the time it was my first match taken there by my dad who was like a super fan from grew up in Manchester for years and years went to you know all the matches took me along had my scarf that had been given to me as a young lad Lost the scarf, heartbroken, heartbroken. All I could think about was having lost the scarf. I can see it in your eyes right now, you're back Still, it's painful, it's painful. And we saw United when 1-0 up. It's great, but it's like, it was old school United versus old school Arsenal. Yeah. It was This is McClare, Hughes. McClare, Hughes, era. It was just... It was a boring match, Chris. I okay. was eight years old. But it still it, kept it was, you wanting to come back. Definitely. I mean... I, I had one incident at Old Trafford, which I'll share with you. It was um, the game against Leeds, and the tannoy went off and said, um, would the owner... Remember, Leeds were like big rivals. Uh, would the owner of car 6NE439Y please return to your car because it's on fire? Yeah. <laughs> and then seconds later, the tannoy went off again, and it went... Bing bong. 
Would the owner of car G321XDB please return to your car because it's next to it? <gasps> and <laughs> and that, that pretty much sums up that Man United Leeds rivalry, I think. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much in a nutshell. And, and that era. Robert, have you got any memories like that of going to Old Trafford? Yeah, my, well, I'll tell you, my fondest memory goes back many moons ago. Um, um, was I was there when Brian Robson signed in 1981. I think I was seven, I think I was seven or eight. Seven, yeah. And uh, they brought the desk out because he was a £1 million player. And Martin Edwards bringing out the desk. And, uh, yeah, and you can imagine Robson, them going, Rob, bring out the desk. Robson with his perm. Robson with his perm, yeah. yeah. Big money, it, big uh, money. Somewhere, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, Big Ron, Martin Edwards and Brian Robson. And we were playing Wolverhampton Wanderers that day. And it spurned the team into action, I think. So I think a couple rightly thought their, their places were under threat. <laughs> and we hammered Wolves, I think, four or five nil when we were, of course, we were a very flaky team at the time. But that's one, definitely one of my, um, fondest early memories of Old Trafford because, yeah, so, uh, so I, I think I was there for his first game and his last game at Old Trafford. So he is sort of, that's why he's always been probably my favourite player. Yeah, no, mine too. I was always number seven on my back. Him and Whiteside were, were, oh, were yeah, my people. Yeah. And well, we're looking back, but let's not look too far back and um, look back to last Saturday and uh, Marcus Rashford coming off the bench in the last minute um, to score the winning goal. Uh, Robert, what were, you, what were your thoughts about Saturday's game? Yeah, I mean, it, it was really encouraging because it was, it was made really difficult for us, you know, even though we had lots of possession. It could have easily, we could have easily just gone away with, with just the point there. Um so I, I think it was just reassuring to see United getting a bit of old-fashioned, you know, last-minute luck as well. I know Rooney, Rooney, Rooney's move down the left was extremely good. Cole was well taken, but we we battled really well. We were unlucky not to have been ahead anyway. But I, it, was, it was really satisfying. Sometimes rather than just going away and getting a three-nil away win, sometimes carving out those really gritty one-nils in the way we did. I think it's even more satisfying. It just gave me, just reassured me that we. We could have a bit of you know, luck and fortune on our side this season. I think I think that was exactly it was exactly it. It was like an encourage that he saw it could easily have been a boring Van Gaal esque nil nil match where yeah. we didn't do anything. But to get that goal in the ninetieth minute or whatever it was, in the way that it was got by a young, true, dyed in the wool red was like so encouraging as a thing and I just I don't know it's sort of for me I still feel it now I still get excited I've got that old magic back there, there's that, something when Rashford scores that does something to you yeah. deep yes. within yeah. you yeah. you suddenly yeah. get this urge of testosterone from your bowels and bottom of your mm. soul that comes and brings out all those reasons about why you are a United fan now he made that goal and made a great impression and we'll talk a little bit more about can we you know can he be kept out of the side but um, Rooney obviously made that goal for yeah. him but mm. Robert he didn't do anything else did he? No he didn't I think I think it could end up being yeah the big story of this season because I've been on, on the show I've been a keen defender of Rooney over the years yeah. my argument in the past has been that we've got more problems than Rooney you know what I mean when we've been suffering the last few years I've actually thought we've had bigger problems in other areas of the field but I have to say particularly with the arrival of Ibrahimovic up, up front as the out and out marksman and then Mkhitaryan being in there as a possible guy who can play in the hole and of course the emergence of the likes of Rashford Martial Lingard it starts to crowd things out a bit and I get a little concerned that maybe it is looking a little too middle-aged having both Rooney and Ibrahimovic in the team. I wonder how that's going to work. I know at the moment he started and Mourinho seems to have been quite relaxed, the idea of, of, of starting him in the in the eleven. But I wonder as time goes on. I think for the first time, I have to say, I've started to imagine a Manchester United without him in the starting lineup. Even, you know, heresies, it may be some people even imagine, what well, could he actually just be a, you know, an impact player, someone on the bench? 
Russell, it seems that you know you got Rooney in the team. You have Zlatan in the team. Yeah, you need legs around them, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. a it is an older, slower team. I mean, in a weird way, it reminds me of the like kind of team you'd put out in a European match where there wasn't that much pace. But in the hustle bustle of the Premier League, you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. It feels a little bit slow, a little bit pass, pass, pass. Not quite sure. No one, no one is busting a gut to get into the box. And that is maybe where, why Rashford makes such a difference in, yeah. a, in a way. Well, he definitely changed the game when he, when he came onto the pitch. Him and Mkhitaryan committed defenders, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. Um, there were some rumours tonight that Mkhitaryan, actually playing for Armenia, has gone mm. off injured after 38 minutes, which is a little bit of a, a worry. Hopefully <sighs> he's okay. You'll know this by the time... Mm. Um, you hear this podcast, so you'll feel better than we do right now, hopefully. Yeah. Um, talking back to Rooney, though, is what I noticed about him on Saturday was everything was just so pedestrian and so slow. He yeah. Couldn't, he couldn't trap a bag of cement. Yeah. I'm reminded by Jose's, uh, Jose's one of his first press conferences when he said, well, it's easy to pass the ball with no pressure on you in that midfield for England. Yeah. And he kept coming deep. He get disconnected from Zlatan. And um, is he fit enough, Robert? Is, it, is that an issue? I don't. I, I think he probably is fit enough technically. I do because I, I know there's always because he, he looks on the weightier side as a player anyway. There's a, it always invites speculation. I think he probably is, but we know particularly when his first touch goes, for instance, it really goes, and it tends he tends to. I mean, to fair to Rooney, he never goes hiding. He tries to always fight his way back into form. But as you say, he does look out of sorts presently. He's been moved around the park, as we know, again and again. You have to wonder, he's got, probably got a bit of an identity crisis as a player as well, you know, with, if you consider where he's played in the last year. So I think, I think fitness-wise, I think he's okay. But I have to say, in terms of ability-wise and his role in the team, I think the jury is really out at the moment. I thought the defence was particularly outstanding. Yes, it's Hull, but they were aggressive they didn't let anyone get behind them. Bailey and Blind were positionally yeah. on point. And Shaw and Valencia are literally oh. playing like Sharp and Kanchelskis. Well, for me, for me, Antonio Valencia is replacing Dirk Kout as the best attacking right back in the league. <laughs> He's like, well, it's sort of, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, he must be glad to be in the team. But, um, yeah. you know, he was bought as the Ronaldo replacement from Wigan Athletic all those years ago and now he's the sort of right back bombing up and down the thing whacking it into defenders legs to get corners you know but it's been really encouraging for me to see him I think he's set up a couple now since he's, he's crossed a couple he has. For he's been allowed yep. to cross yep. the ball in the air this season and exactly and that's nice and sort of old fashioned but I mean the discussion of whether old fashioned, old fashioned wingers are part of the game anymore is for another night probably but it's good to see someone getting down to the corner and sticking a ball in in the box for a big man. Well, I think um, what if if we start if we carry on the way we've started, put money on David De Gea not winning the Player of the Year this year because he'll, be have nice. nothing, he'll have nothing to do. Hopefully, um, Bailey's Bailey's particularly has been a monster, hasn't he, Robert? Oh, he really is fantastic. And you always know, at the beginning of the season, we all obsess about what the lineup is going to be. And we all thought, well, Chris Smalling is a shoe in. We thought Blint is going to be gone, all the rest. And, you know, there's always surprises, aren't there? And again, you know, Blint is coming alongside Bailey. And that centre back pairing has looked the business so far. And I, I have to say, against my judgment, because I thought, surely that surely that won't be the combination but Jose surprised us the two blokes in question have, have proved us wrong in in a weird way it's to a, date at least it's a little tribute to Van Gaal's 
sort of philosophy, if you like. He was very much one for a small man and a big man. And it sort of seems to be that's what Jose is going with, this kind of little nuggety Dutchman next to the monster that is... The nuggety Eric, Dutchman. Eric, Eric Bailly, you know, so... Sounds like a cheese seller from Amsterdam. Yeah. Ah, oh, where do you get that cheese from? <laughs> the nuggety Dutchman. Um, don't underestimate Fellaini, though, I think. Fellaini has oh, offered yeah, them absolutely. really great protection in the last three games. And I never thought I would be able to say that. No. The only protection I thought Fellaini would offer would be in a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... I, it's so it's such a strange sort of maligned the sort of the mercurial marijuana Fellaini where he's like maybe since he's dyed his hair blonde he's got that Carlos mm. Valderrama yeah. feel about him for older viewers if younger ones Google it yeah and he some... and he's out how he's out for a bit well, we don't know yet yeah and mystery it's, back it's injury mystery back injury which um, for footballers usually means something else in the off season I think yeah. <laughs> I got I got so I started when we got Fellaini yeah. I thought we were getting him for this role I remember at the time arguing well if we're getting him as a sort of pressing physical centre midfielder who can cause you know, real problems you know in that he could be a good buy for us but what I hated about the Fellaini role was when he was used as this sort of random attacking force where we were just hoofing it in the air Absolutely. hoping he was getting on the end of something I thought the only role he could have in, a, in a, a, a decent Manchester United side is the sort of one he's got now and to be fair to him he's really stepped up to the plate so he, he, I went from being really optimistic to dead pessimistic and now I'm quite optimistic about him again I, I think he's had a really good start to the season and I yeah, think you know he's passed, he's passed he's been very got a clear instruction scare some people elbow them yeah. properly and then pass the ball 10 yards to people who can play yeah don't I, don't yeah. try and do anything and then we get into corners attack the ball yeah. and both boxes and you know we're a, we've got land of the giants in now this team it's at the big moment. it's a big side i mean there's a classic in a strange way well not not in a strange way it's classic Mourinho. he sort of has at chelsea did it puts together a team yeah. of of tall strong players to sort of scare the opposition and win the ball but people who can yeah. play with the ball as well you know so I mean look I thought I have to admit hands up he was um, and I'm genuinely putting my hands up for people listening are you, his that, hands are um, I thought he'd be gone one of the first out the door yeah. like when Mourinho was talking about I want a squad of 23 24 players I thought well that side doesn't contain Marouane Fellaini it probably contains World Cup winner Bastian Schweinsteiger but apparently not so well, Robert, talking about... Now, we're segueing mm. nicely here, Russell, into transfers from that. Who we thought would stay and who, who we thought has actually gone. Robert, are any surprises that we've not managed to flog a few? Yeah, it is. I mean, Mourinho's probably yeah, possibly been a little more cautious than we expected as well. He did actually say at the beginning he was going to give a lot of players you know, their, their chance to prove themselves. And he's proved you know, true to his word that you know, we, there was a real hit list and we all enjoyed going through it at the end of last season, beginning of this one, who, who would be gone. And let's be honest, it's been pretty... Minimal, really. In the case of Schweinsteiger, I think he definitely would have liked to have seen the back of him. But as we speak, at least, unless there's a, a last-minute twist, it uh, doesn't look like the German is going anywhere. So I think he's going to be you know, sitting in the treatment room collecting the, collecting the pennies. Unless, unless, and this is my sheer sort of Roy of the Rovers kind of writer, mm. unless this is a, there's a parallel to be drawn here between Schweinsteiger under Jose Mourinho at Man United and David Beckham under Fabio Capello at Real Madrid, where when Capello took over, he was like, Beckham's not getting in my side. I don't think he's 
right mm. or good enough and Beckham worked really hard apparently in training and forced his way back into the side and like it's not a terrible situation to be in where you've got a, a German World Cup winning captain fighting mm. to get into your side and who knows what happens like Marie, uh, Fellaini's got this back injury Mkhitaryan is maybe injured we don't know we'll find out in the future and who knows but I mean I think it's uh, I, I, I don't know it makes me a little bit sad I think it's, it's a plausible that in that could happen but I think the fact that there are like four other players ahead yeah. of him for that to happen would make that really difficult no I see Schweinsteiger is obviously going to take 200 grand a week until totally. the MLS opens yeah. yeah and then he can see his missus playing tennis in America yeah no so yeah. I, I expect him to kind of stay and it's it's unfortunate and he's doing all the nice PR things at the yeah, moment yeah. that yeah. I want to play for you please pick me oh look at me in in hail in a coffee shop he you does know. he does good they're, Twitter they, does they're good doing Twitter. good PR like that to kind of um, make them seem like they're not taking 200 grand sat in the stand um, <laughs> but they are yeah uh, I think you know it's I'm a, bit, a little bit disappointed a couple of them haven't managed to flog a couple of them yeah uh, Rojo for example and yes um, I think that's a bit of a surprise he hasn't gone but clearly he's on two bigger wages to leave yeah no it's kind of it is interesting that kind of I mean I don't know whether he's got Jose has half an eye on the Europa League I don't really know I mean, well, I think he's hoping for September to come so he can give players games. games I mean, yeah. when you look at people like Ashley Young, yeah, and you know how many games are you going to play, Ashley? Yeah. Really? And he's thirty-one now, yeah. and he could do mm. a job for a lot of Premier League sides. I, I think. I mean, Robert, we've lost some of the youngsters. Have gone off to um, Pereira's gone off to yeah. Granada. Um, James Wilson's gone off to Derby, and um, Will Keane's gone on a permanent deal to Hull. It was the right time, though, wasn't it, for them to leave? I think so. I think so. Look, I mean, Will Keane, of course, as well. I think they, 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 they've been hanging around the fringes, been sent away, and have come back again for a while now. And for their own sake, for their own careers, I think it's the right thing to do because right now they they weren't going to break into the United team. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a difficult team to break into. You know, it's only we get very romantic because we had that wonderful era of players twenty years ago, that crop of local lads who came through. But it's so so rare. And I know we, in an ideal world, we'd like six homegrown young players from Manchester in the starting lineup. But how likely is that going to be? They're very few and far between. It's brilliant that we've got young Rashford coming through, that Lingard is competing for a place. So we do have the, the and do have these players. In the, and Pogba. Homegrown. We'll count him as a local, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So we've got them in there. But yeah, at the end, of the law of averages is the vast majority of them, as much as we want them to, be, to make it, will fall by the wayside and go and have to play for... Stoke City or something. Yeah, I'm glad that the rumours about Tim Fossumensa haven't. Oh, I'm glad he's staying. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, because I think he looks like a colossus to be. Yeah, and I have to. When I was playing my fantasy lineup under Jose Mourinho the end of last season or whenever it whenever it was, I had penciled him in as as right back. And, mm. you know, I didn't think that it was going to be Valencia. So, well, he, I mean, this, uh, at the time of recording, there's still a few hours left. And Fabinho of Monaco is the prime number one target, it seems, by the papers, who seems mm. to me takes penalties, scores goals and does everything from right back. Yeah. Um, and, but he's with Monaco qualifying. Looks like he'll stay at least till January. And maybe that's what Jose and Jorge Mendes are lining up, Robert. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think, I think Jose was being, I mean, if, if we could have had a bit more luck with me this time around I'm sure we'd have gone for him but I mean Jose it was mission accomplished getting the four targets he got I mean for all the, the flack that Ed Woodward has got in the past deservedly or whatever we did we, there, the targets were identified Mourinho we got them 
those those key four in those key four positions. So anything else would have been a real real bonus. I, I think we can be we can be satisfied overall with the way. And I think Mourinho being coach being a coach, I know it's sort of divided opinion when he was appointed, but I think that that was a big draw for certain players as well. That can't have done us any harm in bringing some of those players in. Absolutely. Well, I, mean, I think I think it's deadline day, and we're certainly in a better position than a year ago. Yeah. We're wondering if the Hayes fax machine was going to work, oh. and who the hell oh, Anthony Marshall? Yeah. So oh, a year goodness. on, yeah. I think we can feel rather relieved we're not in that same situation as we yes. as we look yeah. into the campaign really kicking off um, with the Premier League and the Derby. We'll talk about shortly uh, the League Cup, where we've been drawn away to Northampton, and of course the Europa League draw, which looks like a mini Champions League draw, if you ask me, with uh, Fenerbahce of Turkey. Feyenoord and the Ukrainian team apparently that needs a vowel Zora Luansk who I thought was an exchange student we had at St Albans <laughs> but I'm not like me that um, so we're, we're playing we're playing them Robert were your thoughts on that reaction to the Europa League draw it should be a challenge right yeah and Mourinho I think was rightly quite pleased because I thought it's certainly going to put us through our paces that's no easy group to get out of is it but uh it, it, it's, I, I think it, it, I don't think it does the team any harm as it's bedding in. I mean, obviously, I hope we we get through but don't you know, mess up along the way. But I like the look of it. There's some good matches there because I think, like a lot of fans, I was pretty you know downbeat with the fact we were in the bloody tournament in the first place because we missed out on the Champions League. Then you see that group, and immediately you start to get a bit excited about it again. Thinking, yeah, we, there, there should be some good exciting European nights albeit in the second tier well you know we've had some European nights with Fenerbahce and, and Feyenoord in recent history oh yeah yeah um, Fenerbahce of course broke the home record of European games the 40 year old uh, home record that was the 1-0 I was think. the 1-0 yeah. with, do you remember who scored no, I, could, I, 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 I do remember because I was there that night it was the Bosnian Bolic ah. it's like a 30 yard deflected screamer yeah um, oh god do you remember yes, that yeah. I, I was yeah, t- on the top yeah, of yeah. tier 3 you know the stairs they give you a heart attack <laughs> When you have to yes. climb all the way up. I, want, I once got yeah. locked in the top of the North Stand, that third tier. Was there a um, game on, though? I was after a game. It was um, after a game. Went up to have a look at the view from the top of the North Stand, and they locked the doors while we were up there and had to shout down to a groundsman watering the pitch to I, I broke into, let us out. I broke into Highbury once. Did you? Well, base, Ben Paul, who is a regular contributor to the Redcast, isn't he, Robert? Um, him and yes. I were celebrating um, Leeds beating Arsenal um, for us to win the league in 2003 and so we lived near there at the time and um, we Highbury was going to have a pint outside Highbury and just mock them and the back doors are open so we went in down the stand and then we're just like Croatian cleaning up us and we um, grabbed a couple of bin bags and walked onto the pitch and started singing United songs until we got shouted at Croatian and ran off <laughs> that's how we celebrated the 2003 title um Feyenoord will be an interesting game. It's a local game, for one. It's a, relatively a derby. Short fight. Ukraine. Andy Cole famously got a hat-trick against them in the Champions League, and, and Dennis Irwin suffered that horror tackle from Paul Bodsvelt. That's my memory of wow. Feyenoord. Um, Robert, would, would you like to see us progress in, in the Europa League? It's good practice for the Champions League, hopefully. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know there's the counter-argument that, yeah, just keep, keep the legs fresh and just go for the... Uh, the Premier League, but I don't buy into it. I, do, I think it would be great for morale if United could put a run together in that. And uh, we've got, we've got, we've got a, obviously a manager who's got uh, a reputation for flourishing in Europe. I think he won't be able to, you know, put out just some half useless team and you know and and just whimper out in the group stages. I just don't think he's wired up that way. So I don't think we're going to have a repeat of of disappointments of recent years. So I would, yeah, I I I know they say the rationale says 
we don't need it. But once we're in it, you want to win it. And that, yeah, I think uh, I'm reasonably optimistic, obviously, with the team we've got. Why not? We should be considered among the favourites to take it. I'm, Absolutely. I'm just, I also think the arrival of Zlatan, me, I don't know, I just have that weird, and it's cliche, and it's, it's becoming cliche to say it, that sort of Cantona pride kind of thing, where yeah. I just don't think he will do half measures in the yeah. Europa League. Like, he's already, when, he got, when we got the charity shield, he was 31 or 32, whatever it is, his career trophies that he's got, and he's chalking them up. I don't think he's come here for a sort of happy retirement. I mean, I know Jose's giving him four days a week off or whatever it is to rest his legs or whatever, part-timer. But I think if he plays... And he, I think he's going to be the grabbing the team by the scruff of the neck kind of let's win this chaps kind well, of. We guy. haven't had any regular football in Europe for three or four years now, yeah. and that rhythm of play from Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday weekend, mm. you know, your squad has to get used to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to get used to that again, and that takes some time. You know, City have proved how long it's taken for them mm. to get used to the Champions League, as yeah. it took to us in the nineties. Yeah. You know, it took us pretty much five years of playing every week of playing every year in it to get used to the rhythm to be able to go away to Juventus and get a result and not yeah. get beaten so I'm hoping that for this this side it, that that's the way that they can use it and the you know the fixtures are particularly favourable I think to us in terms of long travel the Fenerbahce at home is in the week when we play Liverpool and Chelsea which is a definite relief Robert Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think now we've. I think we we should look forward to this time. And as you say, in the night in the nineties, it it takes a while, as you say, to get into that that winning habit. And we're out of that routine for, for so long. So, I think it's going to be. T- I think I, I, I expect us in the group to sometimes be up against it. It's not obviously going to be easy. But I, my my sense is we're going to get through. Though I think we'll get through. And then I think we could be on a real run. And there's, there's some great fixtures to look forward to if we can get through this group. Well, those go those Europa League games kick off at six and eight o'clock. But one kickoff we've got to look forward to next. Look at that; it's professional, isn't it? Very smooth, yeah. very smooth, right? seamless, smooth. Eddie, who um, is the derby? Of course, on September the tenth um, on Saturday, Russell. It's the big one. Are you ready for it? I'm like more excited. I'm less afraid of it than I've been for a good few seasons now. I think there's a real like. I reckon we could do we could do one over, you know, do them. I don't know what the phrase is, but you know what I do mean. Do them in. Do them in. I reckon we could really <laughs> like. I think we could win in short, and you know, I think that City are in a time of like flux under Pep. I think that five games though, five wins. That's yeah, some flux. There is some flux, but I don't think they're as scary as they were. Like especially if Aguero is banned for his elbow, alleged elbow then I think we stand a, stand a good chance, I think, is, is, is my gut feeling about it. Robert, don't we have to hope everybody comes back safe from the that- England internationals? Yeah, I mean, that's always... That's I mean, like- for your, seasons, seasons can be bugged, can't they, by these international weeks, you know, when some of these star players are out of the team for six months. They just got touch wood and cross everything. I hope they all come back reasonably healthy. And in terms of then... The, the, the fixture. I I have to say I put it down as a, a as a fairly predictable fifty fifty. Really, I think City are obviously a strong team. They've started well. I don't think there's probably much between City and Manchester United presently, which is actually a good thing to say because we haven't been saying that in, um, in I, recent years. Yeah, but no, it's, I think. I think, but I think well, I think it'd be interesting how the, how the styles contrast against each other. Yeah, and again, how much Jose wants to go for it, and I think mm. that the whoever he decides to play in that front four will decide whether he wants to go for it or not. 
and we're the home yeah. team. We have, what would your front four be, Robert? Well, see, I, I think we do. We're at home. I, it's pace. I think we beat City, you know, with pace. And that's why I have to say, I know it won't happen, but I would be excited if I had about playing Qatar and behind Ibrahimovic and playing Rashford to the right and Martial to the left. I have to say that would yeah. be, to me, that. That, yeah, that would be a really... That would be a real statement of intent that we were going to go at them. And, yeah, of course, with, with Pogba and uh, Schneider, or Pogba and Fellaini if he's fit behind. But I know that leaves out our our famous captain. But I have to say, that sort of lineup is the one that excites me presently. I mean, Robert United. would drop Rooney for the derby. I crap. Mm. I mean, that's controversial. But I would say... Just I bring him on and bring him on, bring him on. Bring him on, impact, impact, impact player. player. Yeah, impact exactly. player. In, interesting sort of stat fan, I suppose. For, we love a stat. Um, is that City's first choice fullbacks seem to be uh, Sanya and Clichy, both of which are 33 years old. Uh, more or less, don't oh, quote me. Analysis. Don't quote me. But I mean, I as Robert said, as Robert said, if we if we do have this quick, speedy, pacey, committing players kind of approach to it, it might be it might prove beneficial. I'd be very surprised if Rashford started. Yes, I think you're right. I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I, I'd love him to. Yeah. But I'd be surprised if he started because of the impacts we all know he can make from the bench. Yeah, yeah. I think there'll be a change though. I think he'll drop Martial. I think Anthony needs a yeah, rest. He's out, he looks sort, tired. he's out of sorts, isn't he? He, he yeah. just looks mentally tired to yeah. me. Yeah. He's, he's had yeah. a, a lot of relied on him last year. He had the Euros to go through where he was busy. And, you know, he's got his personal issues going on of being a 19-year-old footballer with loads of money, in brackets, personal issues. Um, I, I would expect Rooney and, and Zlatan to start with... Yes. Um, and I, but I think Mkhitaryan um, yeah. will, will be in that team. And I think, and another, I, yeah. sorry, I was going to say, just another interesting battle to look out for is, is Latan up against City's centre-backs, I think will be a really yeah. interesting yeah. battle. So he may still, he may still start with Mata and Mkhitaryan might go left. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. It is all that up sounds, for grabs. That sounds a realistic, that's, that, that's the realistic team, exactly. But yeah. that, I think that's what they'll go for. You say expect Rashford to come on, come on late. But I do... I do rather fantasise about you know slightly further down the line and thinking that's there's a really strong pacey lineup there that could be rated to burst forth as our regular lineup soon. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Aguero might not be in the city side, and that could only be a good thing, right, Robert? Oh my goodness, yeah, that would be. I mean, that that's that's a big bonus for us if he's out because he's been a a real thorn in our side in recent years, and he's a world class player. He's fantastic. You know, he's one of those few who could just do the unexpected things on the edge of penalty areas. It's a bloody nightmare. So yeah, the, the, let's just pray he's not playing. Yeah, I mean, and the, with it for me, the slight subtext about the about the uh, Aguero case is that City have already said that they won't contest the verdict. Which to me is either them going, yeah, we know he's stuck an elbow in his face, or if it's something else. If he doesn't get banned for three games, it is ridiculous. When Schweinsteiger got banned last year for three games for basically pushing Winston Reid in the face, I mean, the FA yeah. really like Winston Reid, obviously, and want to protect him. But we, it'd be ridiculous if Aguero managed to get away with that. Yeah. And, but however, we shouldn't probably get too confident. Because Pep no. will find a way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he might play. He might play a false nine. He might play a false nine. There might be no strikers, and then we'll be in. There'll be. We'll have to battle that. Well, let's do some predictions. Russell, you can go first as being the newbie today. Predictions. Well, for I'll the put derby. out there. I reckon United two 0 2 0 clean sheet. Clean sheet. I think this defence. There is something. I. I have a feeling if they can all keep fit, 
this defence could play a lot of matches together. Like in the old school kind Most of... memorable, that trip off the tongue like Parker, Bruce, Pallister and Irwin. Correct. Yeah, very let's, much. Let's hope you're right. Yeah, two If numbers. you're wrong, we won't invite you back. Okay, well... Um, Robert, what do you think the score's going to be in the derby? Let's go crazy. A 3-2 thriller. 3-2 thriller? Yeah, United. Have you been on the Red Bull again? I know, exactly. Well, I actually am. I'm on the caffeine, so maybe, yeah. Maybe you should ask me at a more sensible time. It, but yeah, 3-2. It's usually <laughs> me being kind of extravagant, but I'm going to be cautious this week. Yeah, yeah. And take on my role responsibly. Yes. And, and go for, I think it'll be a score draw. I think score it'll be a 1-1. One, one. Yeah. I think it'll be a classic, top of the table, don't want to give anything away kind yeah. of match I think you're right I, I basically predicted a lineup that isn't going to happen and a score but apart from that I think my contribution's been really useful that's what podcasts are for yeah, yeah exactly right? yeah, yeah exactly none of it's real <laughs> well thank you uh, this this week to of course Russell Balkin for joining us and thank you to Robert Meakin um, this Cheers. is the Man United Redcast pleasure to have you here I've been Chris Curley thank you for listening we'll see you in two weeks time after the derby but until then come on you Reds if you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network.